still great in this earth and you're still great in our lives. And Father, you alone are worthy to be worshipped. Father, there's no created thing in this earth, no person, no event, Father, that's worthy to be worshipped. There's no idol, Father, that's worthy to be worshipped. You alone, Father, are worthy to be worshipped. Because great are you, Father, and great is your name. Father, we thank you as you bring hope, Father, to the world, healing, Father, to your children. Father, you're so good, so kind towards us, Father. Father, we give you all praise and honor and adoration, Father. We thank you for all of these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, one of the things that, uh, um, it's, it's like a lot of things, that uh, if you're going to live according to the Word of God, it requires a certain amount of diligence to do that, right? There, there's a lot of competition in the, in the world, in the church, in your life to compete with faith, right? To get you off of faith and get you into the natural world and to declare things that could be changed by faith that are unchangeable. Uh, a lot of times people say, well, you just can't help it, things like that. Well, that's not really true. You know, the, uh, the, the Lord can overcome in any situation. Amen. Uh, but it does require a lot of diligence uh, on our part to always be aware of what we say and how we speak. And, you know, there's a lot of things that people will say that uh, really defeats their faith. It, it, it hinders their faith from receiving the blessings of the Lord. So it's not even uh, it's not so much even obtaining the blessings of the Lord, because the Bible says that, uh, that Jesus has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness by the work of the cross, right? To, so when he got done with the cross, basically everything we need in this earth and this life, our individual lives, was accomplished at the cross. And so really where we're at right now is not so much obtaining these things, but receiving them. So it's not like we're asking the Lord to give us something that he's not already given to us. He's already given us, then you say, by his stripes, you what? were healed so it's not like you're trying to get healing you were already healed because the payment was made at the cross so you're really in a receiving mode but you still have to receive it by faith and a lot of times we'll say things that defeat our faith you know well you know that runs in my family uh things like that right well i mean naturally speaking that may be true but from a biblical standpoint uh can't the lord overcome uh your your dna didn't he actually create the dna he created your dna right so I think he can override that DNA if you have faith for that, right? If you choose to believe that, that uh, by his stripes you were healed. Uh, he didn't say by his stripes you were healed unless Mamma died of that thing, right? You know, unless your great uncle died of that thing, right? But people do the same thing in, in, in the other areas of their life too. You know, I see it a lot of times where people will say things like, well, you know, my heart was wounded and there are just some things you can't, over, you can't, you can't get over. And so, uh, but I've learned to live with that. Well, is that biblical? Didn't Jesus say in Luke, 4, in Luke chapter 4 that he came to heal what? The broken hearted, right? Didn't he say that? I mean, that's, that's in that area of, of, emotional, of the emotional realm and the soulless realm. Uh, and if that's true, uh, you know, if you go to the doctor and you get your appendix out, you're going to have a scar, right? If you get a lot of things, you're going to have a scar. But when Jesus heals, does he leave a scar? So if he actually healed the broken hearted, would there be a scar or a wound there that, oh, you know, I've got... Uh, you know, how go with the battle, brother? You know, uh, how are your wounds and, and, and scars going? Um, you know, you, you have a right to live 
a life free of, of wounds and scars, right? Uh, and, and, you know, my, my goal in life is not that I want to hide anything. I, you know, I, I feel like I'm a very open person to tell you things that I've gone through in my life, you know, things I've, I've experienced, and sometimes I think it's helpful to go through that. But if I didn't tell you all those things, you know, a lot of people look at me like, you've never gone through anything. You know, you've never had any rough times in your life, you know. You know, I'm an orphan, right? I am an orphan, right? I lost my parents when I was a, 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 a minor. Uh, one to a, a massive heart attack that he died instantly, and one to uh, a result of many years of, uh, uh, of alcoholism, and then spent several months in the hospital as she slowly died from uh, a uh, diseased liver. You know, she turned all yellow, and you know, you turn jaundice when, when you have liver disease as a result of many years of, of alcoholism. And, you know, she was always a part-time alcoholic until my dad died. And then when my dad died, she spent nine months in full-time alcoholic, you know, and, and just every day, you know, Pepsi-Cola and Seagram 7, you know, that was her, that was her go-to, right? Uh, and even to this day, you know, the, the smell of, of alcohol is just so distasteful to me, you know, just that nasty, you know, stinking smell of, of uh, alcohol in people's yeah. breath. Uh, it, it, it hasn't ever done anybody any good that I know of, you know, and so... Uh, that's another whole discussion, but, um, you know, I was an orphan when I was 15, but I'm not defined by that, uh, and I don't lie awake pining, you know, I wish I had my parents, you know, crying, uh, you know, I, it would be nice for, my, of course, my wife had never met my parents, obviously, uh, they died long before we met, uh, my kids have never known uh, their grandparents on my side, you know, and, uh, you know, there are, so there are things that it would be nice for them to experience, but it's not an emotional scar in my life. Uh, and I don't declare that either, you know, oh, you know, it's so hard being an orphan, you know, I just wish so much, you know, there's some things that, you know, parent will never, you know, the loss of a parent you can never replace, you know. Well, the last time I checked, Jesus is the healer of the broken heart, and if he heals a broken heart, then whatever void that is, you know, he said he's the father to the orphan, in fact, you know, that's one of the, and, and a husband to the widow, right, you know, that's the same verse, right, and so we have, we have a common verse that we share, you know, uh, if, he's, if he really is a father to the, and I've, I've mentioned it to, that to him many times. Lord, you said you're a father to the, to the orphan. And, and uh, you know, I need some fatherly advice. You know, I grew up without a father, you know, in, in important years. Um, but, uh, but you rarely hear me talk about that because it's not, it's not really a, 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 a hindrance to me. It doesn't define who I am. But a lot of times a church will, will say things like that and it plants an anchor in their life that they cannot move beyond that. And they always say, you know, it becomes an altar. But they say that this thing defines me, uh, whether it's sickness and disease and, or it's, a, it's a, a major emotional event that occurs in your life. Uh, don't allow anything to define you except for the Word of God. You know, the Word of God defines you that you can be full of joy. It doesn't say you can be full of joy unless you've experienced certain events in your life. Uh, and if you can be full of joy, then is there anything that would bring sadness into your life? Uh, and so, uh, so people of faith are always listening to their own words yes. because they don't want their words to compete with the promises of the Bible. Uh, and you don't ever want to, you don't want to ever be in contradiction to what the Bible says about your life. If you can live a life that's uh, free from sickness and disease, you know, then I would never say that, oh, you know, you just, I'm always the first one to get that, you know, oh, you know, uh, pretty sure I'm going to get that, you know, more than likely eventually, you know, someday, um, uh, I don't want to compete with the Word of God because if your will is in competition with the Word of God, your will will, will always prevail. Uh, the Word of God will not override your will, and the Spirit of God will never override your will as well. Uh, so if your will 
even by, by you know, it's not so much that people are trying to not be in faith, in, 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 you know, oftentimes. It's not like they're saying, well, I know I could be in faith or should be, but I'm not going to be. A lot of times it's just due to a lack of diligence, due to a lack of awareness of what they're saying. You know, when I, I taught my kids to drive and I said, you know, number one rule is, is uh, or number one cause of accidents is lack of awareness. You know, if you're just aware of your surroundings and what's going on, the red lights, the cars around you, you know, the status of your vehicle. I know sometimes things are out of, out of your control, uh, but, uh, and even in that, if that's true, you know, the angels of the Lord can still step in and take, take over, right? Uh, and we have heard many stories about that, but, you know, uh, I mean, I don't have a number, but I imagine it's the vast majority of accidents are caused by somebody on one side or the other not being aware. Because mm -hmm. even if you're not the one that's causing the accident, if you're aware of some crazy guy driving through a red light, then, uh, you know, you can not go through the red light, right? I mean, not, even if it's green on your side, if, if the guy just doesn't care, doesn't notice, you know, you can be aware. And that's not to put any pressure on anybody if you ever get hit. I, you know, I'm not trying to, to condemn anybody for, for that, but, but, that's, uh, but that is a big uh, issue with the cause of accidents. And the same thing with faith is lack of awareness of what you're saying all the time. What are you confessing? Didn't Jesus say that you can have what you say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's a lot of things like that that we could go into. but um, So it's important that your words should line up with the Word of God. That's really all you should... Uh, it's not that you're uh, saying something that's not in the Word. If the Word says that by His stripes you were healed, then what should your words be? By His stripes, by his stripes I was healed, right? That's uh, all you're doing is, is agreeing with the Lord. You're not in competition. You're not begging Him. Uh, you're just simply stating what He stated, amen? And that's really the foundation of faith. It's just simply stating what the Word of God says. Uh, and so that makes it easy because we've got the Word of God in front of us uh, all the time. We can read it and, uh, and declare what it says and live according to the promises that it says we can have. Amen. Uh, which is, to me, it's pretty nice. Uh, I like uh, having a promise and then I have a right, if I want to, to live in that promise. Uh, and, of course, uh, to, today uh, on Sundays we speak just about the promises of healing and uh, I like knowing that I have the right and the privilege, according to the Word of God, to live a life of divine health. Uh, and, um, uh, and so, uh, does that mean all of us can live that way? Does that mean we have a right? Well, it does, right? Uh, is there any condemnation if, if you haven't lived that way 100%? Well, no, there's never any condemnation for that, those things. Uh, but we do know, according to what we've studied, we've been, we're started our eighth year of healing school, right? Have we ever found an instance where it was God's desire for somebody to be sick? There's no examples where God said, I desire for you to be sick. You know, many times sin would cause those things and, and uh, there would be a result of that. But uh, the only time there was any, ever any sickness and disease, uh, especially in the Old Testament stories, you know, when we talked about the New Testament, it, it shows us a lot of different ranges of that. But it was always, nobody was ever sick in the Old Testament when they were in the perfect will of God. Uh, and so, and of course, sometimes people like to bring out Job, you know, uh, but what was Job's failing? That which I what? Fear the most has come upon me, right? So was he in faith? No, he doesn't, right? So that which, is, that which he feared the most has come upon him. So um, we don't have time to go into all, re rehearse. Uh, do you want to go back and rehearse all 42 chapters of Job? Right? You know, it's a lot of chapters. Because, like, everything happens in chapter 1, 2, and 3, and then after that, it's like, blah, 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 blah. All, the, all of his terrible friends are going, you're a horrible person, Job. Yeah, I know I'm a horrible person, you know, but, you know. Uh, and then they, then they say, you know, then he says things that 
Although he says them, they're not true. You know, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, right? Uh, I mean, that's not true at all, right? The Lord, it, that, uh, he, gives. he gives, right? Uh, for God so loved the world, he what? He gave. gave, right? Uh, and so, uh, but anyway, so uh, we're not here talking about Job, but we are talking about um, uh, the gate beautiful. So we finished up chapter four uh, with the man born by four uh, last week. Uh, and so uh, in this section of the book, Dr. Yeomans has been going through several of the healing, uh, not all of them, but several of the healing uh, cases that we find in the Gospels and just going through some of those. And, uh, and so, you know, why, why do we use the book? Well, you know, from my perspective, my desire is to, is to obtain revelation that the Lord has given to other people that would be a benefit to me. And that's why I read other people's books, right? Because the Lord has given them revelation and that revelation would be useful to me. If it came from the Lord, it would be useful to me. Some people are of the opinion that you should never read anything except for the Bible. Uh, and, you know, it just seems kind of odd to me. that uh, so, so you can't learn from anybody. I mean, that's their thoughts. You, you, you mean you can't learn from anybody? Then, then why did God create the church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, they've been kind of, they fussed at us because, or fussed at me, because, well, it's wrong. You shouldn't use a book. It's like, that's just the dumbest, you know, people just, just, just pick things out of the air and just, you know, they're going to have a, a big fight about that, right? Like, why that, right? Why not the, how many legs we got on a chair, right? I think there should be five. Well, okay, fine, you know, whatever. But, uh, I mean, but people will pick the, the, the silliest things and fight about, right? Uh, and so, uh, but from my perspective, I think it's helpful to go through and see the revelation that the Lord has given to other people. Uh, and uh, do we accept everything they say just because they said it? Well, no, we always take everything they say and take it back to the Word of God, right? And there's been cases, even with Brother Bosworth, you know, Christ the Healer is kind of a required reading in the, in the charismatic Pentecostal world in the area of, of healing and, and sickness and disease. And yet there were a couple of things in there that, you know, he just kind of said without any scriptural basis that we couldn't find uh, a valid uh, foundation in the Word of God. And so we had to say, well, this doesn't line up with the Word, and so let's go with the Word, amen? Uh, but does that mean we just throw everything out? You ever got everything perfect in your life? You ever said everything, every single thing perfect? No. Uh, you ever been wrong about anything? I've never been wrong about anything myself, but, you know, I know <laughs> most people are, right? Uh, and so you're going to get something wrong in your life. Does that mean that everything of your life is of no value? Well, no. I mean, that's just, you know. So uh, we, we read everything uh, that anybody says uh, with an attitude of let's confirm it with the Word of God. Amen? And so here uh, we had started with... Um, um, Let's see. Actually, I think did we? Uh, well, we'd started uh, uh, the gate beautiful, right? Uh, and so, but we didn't get finished on that, did we? Um, I think the part uh, that uh, that she brings out. Well, let's just let's go back to Acts chapter th- three there, and we'll just uh, kind of start there, and then we'll go over to uh, Book of Matthew. So, you know, the, the Acts chapter three here. It's really a good story because um, it, let's just start here in verse one. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom he had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them to enter into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. So we talked a lot about, about uh, where, where is this fellow located? He, he's at the temple, right? One of the gates of the temple. And uh, uh, how long has, has he been uh, lame? From his mother's womb. You know, uh, sometimes my kids think that about me, right? That I've been lame from my mother's womb. It's a different type of lame, though, but 
Uh, and so, but if you go to, I think it's Acts chapter 8, it says that they were, uh, he, those that were lame were healed, right? So there is hope for the, all the dads in the world, right? Uh, and so, but he was lame from his mother's womb. Now, we don't know how long he was carried to the gate beautiful, but it kind of implies that he'd been there for a while. We imagine he was probably been there for quite some time, every day coming to the gate beautiful, dropped off to ask alms. And, and so uh, we're here in Acts chapter 3, so that's only been a short period of time from uh, the Lord Jesus been on the earth. What's the chances of this man seeing Jesus going in and out of the temple? Probably pretty good, you know, and we don't know for sure, but it's probably pretty good. Uh, but uh, was, was he ever healed under the ministry of the Lord Jesus? No, but what, what's one thing that's different here uh, with his, relation, his interaction with Peter and John? Uh, it says in verse uh, 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple did what? Yeah. Asked an alms. Uh, and of course, so what's he, what's asking an alms means he's asking for money, right? Uh, you know, the people do that today. They need help, you know, please give me uh, money or whatever. Uh, and so, so, but he asked. So, uh, you know, a lot of times the Lord will take the smallest uh, opening, smallest crack, you know, in your life and, and he will bless you in that. Amen. Uh, and so, although they, he was asking for money, uh, of course, Peter said, uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Uh, so he didn't get what he asked for, but he got a greater blessing than what he asked for, you know. So, and that's the, you know, that's the way the Lord will do it. He'll either give it what you, what you ask, or the, uh, Ephesians 3.20 says that he, he can do exceeding abundantly above what? All that we ask, that we ask or, or, or think, right? So is this exceeding abundantly above all that this man asked for? It is exceeding abundantly, right? Um, if he'd asked for a dollar and, and Peter gave him a nickel, is that exceeding abundantly above? That's not even equal to, right? It's, it's below. So the, the God that we serve is an exceeding abundantly above God, kind of God, amen? He's not the kind of God that just barely gets by, right? You know, uh, And so, um, so the, uh, this, by this man asking, you know, he kind of opened the door up for Peter and John to bless him, didn't he? Uh, now, they didn't ask him if he wanted to be healed. They didn't ask him what, what his faith was. But because, they, because the man asked for something, Peter gave him something greater than what he asked for, right? Uh, and so, because uh, that's what he says, that he was he, uh, expecting to receive something of them. So he did have an expectation, right? And faith, in essence, is an expectation. So uh, this man was in a good place to receive from the Lord, uh, and the Lord was able to give him uh, a blessing that was greater than, than what he'd asked for. But the key, I think, in this case was the man asked, right? Uh, and because he asked, then, then he opened up the door. Uh, and so uh, if you look at the history of Jesus, every single person that came to Jesus, what did they leave with in the area of sickness and disease? Every sick person that came to Jesus, how did they leave? They left healed. Every single one, right? Was there any, anyone who ever asked any healing of Jesus that left without healing? No, there's never an example of that. So, so I think the precedent is there is that anybody who asked of Jesus healing for healing received healing. Uh, and, uh, and so in this fellow right here, the assumption then, uh, and I think it's a valid assumption that the man just never asked Jesus. Uh, and, you know, it may have been that he didn't look like, well, he doesn't look like somebody to have any money. I mean, who knows what, what the issue was? Maybe he was there at a time that Jesus wasn't there. Or, you know, most of the time when Jesus traveled, there would be a, a large group of people around him. 
and maybe he felt, uh, you know, uh, uh, unworthy to bother Jesus. You know, there's a lot of things that could have hindered him from asking Jesus. Uh, but this was just Peter and John, nobody else, just these two guys, right? So he, they didn't have a big following like Jesus often had. So there might have been a lot of reasons why he didn't ask Jesus. Uh, we don't know all, all of that, but we do know that because he asked, uh, on, he asked something from Peter and John that he received something greater. Uh, and it's interesting to look at uh, Peter's response where Peter fastened his eyes upon him in verse 4 with John and said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, uh, expecting, something, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Uh, so uh, Peter said, Look at us. And, you know, sometimes people will act like, especially those that op- operate in areas of faith and in uh, laying hands on people, that they think that they're arrogant. You know, look at me. But that's what... Peter said, why did Peter say that? Because Peter had something that the man could use to yeah. t- take advantage of. Look at me. Uh, and, I mean, it's kind of odd that, that uh, the, the man was there uh, and asked Nam, but didn't even look at him. I mean, you know, I don't know. It seems like, you know, I don't know if he's trying to be uh, humble or maybe he just didn't feel worthy to look at him. But, you know, some people ask and they can't look at you in the eye, right? They, they won't look at you in the eye. And well, why is that? Uh, well, you know, there could be a lot of reasons for that. We're not going to send a judgment over this fella about that. But for whatever reason, he, he, he would not even look Peter in the eye. And Peter said, look at me. You know, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes you've got to, uh, you know, look somebody in the eye to see where they are. Uh, to see, see if they're in a position to receive, right? Because there could have been a lot of things going on. Uh, and so, uh, but it's, it wasn't arrogant for Peter to say, look at me. Because did he have something that the man could, uh, that would help the man? He had the healing power of God operating in his life, right? Uh, and so, you know, the, uh, I know we got uh, finished talking about the anointing, but you remember uh, that one great aspect of the anointing is that we are laborers together with the Lord, right? We, we work with him, right? According to Mark chapter 16 uh, and 1 Corinthians 3, 9, uh, we are laborers together with the Lord, uh, and so there's nothing wrong with saying, look at me because I am a carrier of the power of God. You are a carrier of the power of God. Amen. And what you have can be a blessing to everybody else around you, right? You know, a lot of times people get up and they, they kind of feign that, that, that fake humility. Oh, don't look at me. You know, don't look at me. I'm just a humble servant of the Lord, you know. And they'll, and they'll say that, and they, but they really want you to look at them, you know. And, and it's really awkward, especially if they're the singer. Like, well, who am I going to look at? You're singing. I mean, if I'm looking at you, if I'm looking at the guy outside, that's going to be distracting to you, the singer, right? You're singing and I'm looking at, you know, I mean, you know, uh, when Chris is singing, I'm looking at her, right? If I turned around and looked at one of you all, she'd be like, what are you you doing? Did I miss something? You know, then she'd miss a note or, you know, know, hit a wrong key because she's thinking, why is he looking at them, you know? Uh, You know, and and so... um, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, I carry what you need. Yeah. Nothing wrong with saying, I have what you need. Because in my heart, I can help anybody. I can help anybody with any problem in their life. I have the Word of God and the Spirit of God living on the inside of me. Yeah. Nobody I can't help. Uh, now, that's not anything to do with me. I just know that the Lord in me is the great helper. In fact, that's part of His ministry, right? He's the helper. He's yeah. the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strength of the standby. That's His job. And I'm the carrier of that. I carry that with me everywhere I go. 
I carry the power of God, the healing power of God. I carry the anointing of God. I carry the deliverance of God. I carry the, the, the uh, overcoming power of God everywhere I go. Uh, so I would have no problem. Hey, you, you need help? Talk to me. Come here. What do you need? Uh, and so that's what Peter said, right? Uh, and I like the way that um, I like the way that uh, uh, Dr. Yeomans responded to that statement where Peter said, "Look on me." She said, "It matters everything where you look." Yeah, it matters everything where you look. It's kind of an odd way of saying it, but I like it. I like the way she said that. Right? It matters everything where you look. Uh, you know, where are you looking? Right? Who is your help? Um, uh, and look, we, we've got no problem with doctors and medicine, but they're not your help, right? They're an assistance, but your help is of the, of the Lord, right? Because uh, the Lord can make sure that medicine does exactly what it's supposed to do. The doctors do exactly what they're supposed to do and nothing, nothing more, right? Um, so your help should always be with the Lord, even if you uh, are resorting to medicine and doctors and, and prescriptions and, and surgeries. Uh, whatever you do, do it in faith, amen? Uh, and so, so Peter said, look at me. The man received uh, what, he, uh, what he needed, what he needed more than, than just alms, right? Because now he can go out and get his own job uh, and be well for the rest of his life. Uh, and so uh, he looked at Peter and John with, uh, expecting to receive something of them. Well, did he receive something of them? He did, right? And, and so it wasn't what he initially asked for. But, you know, a lot of times you, you ask for this. Now, you'd be fine with more. But, you know, you know, hey, can I have a dollar? Would you be okay if they gave you 10, right? Uh, no, no, I just asked for a dollar. You, you ever had people that way? You know, you try to bless them more? No, I just, and what's wrong with you, right? You know, now, you know, if somebody blesses me, I always check to see whether there are strings attached to that, you know? I mean, if there's not any strings attached, I can receive it just fine, right? If the strings attached, then you keep it, you know, I don't need it, you know? Uh, but um, there was no strings attached here, right? Uh, and so uh, our expectation should be to receive, Amen. If we ask, what should our expectation be? Receive. To receive, right? And so that's what the man did. He asked and he had an expectation to receive. In fact, uh, Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 7, right? Ask and it shall be what? Given, Given unto you. Isn't that what he said? Yep. So is, is that not what we can believe? Well, you know, sometimes you ask and the Lord says no. Mm. Is that what it says? Ask and it shall be what? Given, Given unto you, right? Uh, in fact, he said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Uh, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. Well, you know, that just doesn't work for me. Mm. Well, then you need to submit a uh, change order to the Lord about the word of God because it's wrong. The word of God is wrong, mm. right? If Jesus had asked, and sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, then, then you need to correct what he said because that's not what he said, right? Uh, no, what... Uh, we don't have time to go into all of that, but if you remember what the word says, that if you ask anything according to what? His will, he hears you, right? So that's really the issue is a lot of times we ask for things that are, that are clearly outside the will of God. Well, Lord, I want the biggest car in, in town so I can brag about having the biggest car in town. Can the Lord hook up with that? Is that his will for you to have the ability to brag and, and to be in pride about the, a, a, a chunk of metal on uh, rubber wheels? No. Uh, so... The issue oftentimes is, uh, in fact, James says that you ask amiss, right? You, 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 you have not because you ask not, right? But then he goes on to say you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. In other words, you ask for the wrong thing, right? You ask for something that's not the will of God for you to have. Uh, and, of course, what are we talking about on Sunday morning? How to know the will of God, right? So 
prior to you asking, you should know whether it's the will of God or not. Well, has healing already been defined for us, whether it belongs to us or not? It has been, right? By his stripes, you were what? Healed. Is that a done deal? Oh, yes. Done deal. Is he going to have any more stripes? Is he, if you need healing today, is he going to go, hang on, let me go take a whip or two? Uh, he's not going to go and do more work to pay for your current healing that you need. He's like, well, if you go back to the cross, that was already, look at the cross, look up you know, what was bought and paid for at the cross, and, and you go down the list of all the things, and on the, a big item on the list is healing, paid in full, right? It's done. No, no, more, no more work necessary to pay for any more healing. So then you know the will of God. That's the, that's the key there. You know the will of God. It's many times the word of God is clear about what his will is for a particular topic, right? Didn't James chapter 1 also say that if any of you lack wisdom, let them what? Ask. Let them ask, right? Uh, and, and if you ask, then you receive. So uh, we'll, do you have an expectation? Well, I'm going to ask for wisdom, but he might not give it to me. No, because the word of God is already clear. He's already said, if you ask for wisdom, he will what? He will give it to you. So it's already clear that we know the will of God has been revealed clearly in the word of God that wisdom is one thing that you can ask and always expect to receive. So uh, if you don't have wisdom about something, then what should you do? Then ask and then believing that you'll what? You'll receive. Well, I asked the Lord, I, I still don't know what to do. Well, then he lied. <laughs> then then, you know, stop the presses. The Lord has lied. Uh, then, uh, then we need to throw everything else out. Then I even have church, burn all the buildings down, right? Shoot all the pastors. I mean, the Lord lied. I mean, if he lied anywhere, he lied everywhere, right? Uh, and so did he lie? No, no he didn't lie. And so, uh, and, and our attitude, the approach we should take is the word of God never fails. And if we fail to live up to the word of God, then that's something on us. It may not be because you're a bad person. You know, people, oh, you're just condemning. No condemnation. It could be lack of knowledge. My people perish for what? Lack of, lack of knowledge. He didn't say because they're terrible people. You know, how many people in a church even know that healing's an option? You know, did you know, have you known that all your life? You know, uh, I've not known that all my life. Uh, and, and so uh, a lot of people in church don't know. that You mean that's something I can believe God for? Well, sure. Uh, you know, I told you I, it was one of the first services here when we started healing school. Uh, and, you know, the very first service, we, we talked about the will of God for healing. And what's the will of God? Every single time, without exception, it's God's will to heal you. Not a, not a single exception in the history of sickness and disease is it ever God's will and desire, hopes and dreams that you stay sick. Uh, and so, uh, and that's clear from the word of God. Clear from all the promises, by his stripes you were healed, unless it's something really bad unless I just don't want to, right? Uh, why would he pay for your healing by his stripes and then limit it to, you know, well, not for you. you know, stripes, yeah, not for you. No, no stripe for you, right? Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with salvation. Isn't salvation for everybody? It, is anybody, I mean, how many people have you talked to where they say, well, you know, God can never save someone like me. Is that true? Would you say, yeah, you're right. Just forget it, just, you know. You don't even try. Uh, you know, no one, hopefully you wouldn't say that, right? Um, of course, I think some Christians, you know, Lord, I hope, you don't, I hope they don't save that guy, right? If they do something really bad, right? Oh, Lord, I hope, don't save that guy. Uh, then, then, you, then who do you sound like? You sound like a friend of Jonah, right? Uh, in the Ninevites. Uh, don't, 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 uh, don't, don't, don't have mercy on them, Lord. But no, the, it's always God's will to heal. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, so if it's always God's will to, to save, which it is, 
because why? He paid for salvation, right? His, by, by the blood of Jesus, his blood purchased, redeemed you, right, out, out of this world, redeemed you uh, to him, reconciled you to him. Is he going to shed any more blood tomorrow? So all the blood necessary to be shed for all salvation of the entire world has already been shed. So, so then that means everybody's going to get saved, right? Is everybody going to get saved? Is everybody going to accept the Lord Jesus and go to heaven? No, I mean, but is that some failing on God's part that, that he didn't do enough to save everybody? That he decided when somebody came to him as a sinner and said, Lord, save me, he'll go, nah, not you. Because no, what you did was really, really bad, you know. It, it, it exceeds the power of my blood. Did Jesus ever say that? No, but uh, people say that all the time. Well, the Lord decided not to heal me. That's a terrible thing to say. The kindest most loving being in all of existence wasn't kind and loving towards you. That's a terrible indictment on the Lord. That he looked at you and your, and your uh, difficulties and said, you know, I just, no, not you, not today. Suffer a little bit more. Yeah, I can't, people say this stuff like that all the time about the Lord, about the Lord that I know. And I'm wondering, do you, have you ever met him? You know, uh, you know people say things about, Certain people, and I'm thinking, you, you don't know them. You know, if you've ever met them, they would never. Uh, I remember, you know, years ago, I had somebody call me up. Uh, he, he said, uh, uh, he started out, started out with, uh, I always love the questions people start out with. Do you believe in the New Testament only? Are you a New Testament only church? That's what he said. Are you a New Testament only church? Now, is there any verse in the Bible that says something like that? And I said, I, I, said, I, I'm sorry, I don't even know. What are you talking about? What's that mean? A New Testament only church. What's that mean? Do you know what that means? No, I don't know what that means, right? They go, well, you know, you don't believe in the Old Testament. Well, I believe in the Old Testament, you know. I mean, it's there, right? You know? Uh, and so, now, now I told you when I was growing up, you know, they used to get, when they used to do that, they used to come and give the little New Testaments to you in school, right? In elementary school. And they came and gave us a little New Testament. And I, when, they, when I read it, it said New Testament, you know, I'm like a second grade. I thought, it's brand new, like right now, new, like today, right? And, and it just blew my mind because I'm thinking, who can write a new Bible? Who does that, right? Who, who writes a brand new Bible? Is that something people can do? I mean, I didn't know anything about the Bible, but I thought, I mean, I thought this was kind of a you know, finished deal. I didn't know enough to know anything, but I just thought it was brand new. And so, um, but um, um, what were we talking about before that? Uh, <laughs> well, it'll, it'll come back to me in a second. Uh, but... Uh, 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 but, you know, we, we need to know the will of God, right? So the Lord's never going to look at you in a situation and say, you know, that you are not qualified to receive uh, what he's given, right? It's always his will. Just the same thing. It's his will to, uh, to always save. It's his will always to heal. Amen. Uh, and, and if you can get that settled in your heart, see, then you can go to the next step and find out if there's an issue of why you're not receiving it. Why am I not receiving it? Because there's a lot of issues, right? I mean, we've mentioned a couple of them. My people perish for lack of knowledge. No sin, no, no, no terrible deed that they did that made them unqualified to receive uh, the healing, but it may just not know that they can say, well, Lord, by your stripes I was healed. Uh, they may not know that. Uh, and so, because if you say, Lord, if it's your will, heal them, then what you're saying, Lord, I don't know your will. And so... Uh, Therefore, I'm not believing you to do this. I'm just asking you to do a sovereign act if you feel like it. Mm -hmm. 
that's really what you're saying, right? Lord, if it's your will, heal them. Uh, so faith says, Lord, your word says this, and I'm asking you to accomplish your word in my life. That's what faith says. Faith is always based upon the word of God, right? Faith is, well, Lord, you said this. I choose to believe that what you said is true and accurate in my life, and I receive it into my life as if it's a done deal, because that's what you said, by your stripes I was healed. So a lot of the church doesn't understand faith. Faith is always based upon the word of God, right? Uh, that uh, Romans 10, 17 says that, uh, uh, what does Romans, Romans 10, 17 say? That faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, right? So the foundation of all faith is always the word of God. So faith says, Lord, this is what your word says. I believe it, and, and I believe that it will operate exactly that way in my life. Nothing less. Amen. More would be fine, but nothing less than what your word says. But see, when you say things like, Lord, if it's your will, then what you're saying, I don't know if you'll do this thing or not. You may do it. You might not do it. So I'm saying I don't know your will, so I don't really have any faith for you doing this. So I'm going to leave that into your sovereign desire uh, and, you know, the sovereignty of God. He can, and on occasion, he does bless his children without any faith, doesn't he, right? On occasion, he'll just, he'll be walking down the road and just get a blessing. Yep. And those are nice, right? But it doesn't require any faith for the sovereignty of God. He can just do it if he feels like it. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of being sovereign, right? He doesn't answer to anybody. But he gave us his word. And so our, our responsibility as children of God are to search his word daily, right? To find out what it says and to say, well, Lord, you said right here, didn't you say, put me in remembrance of my word? Yeah. Right? So in other words, Lord, you said this. I'm just reminding that you, that you said that by your stripes I was healed and I choose to believe that to be so. That's, that's how faith works, right? It's not really hard. Uh, in fact, it's actually really easy. If he says it, then it's a done deal. It's, it's a done deal as soon as you choose to accept it in your life. Amen? Uh, so that, that part of it, that's the good part of it, right? Yeah. And so uh, back in Matthew chapter 7, uh, ask and it shall be given unto you. So the man asked, right? Uh, and did he receive? He did receive, right? So if you say, well, I asked and I didn't receive, then God is a proven liar. But then, if you believe that, then there's no need to go on in the rest of this class, right? Just, okay, then, then fine, live that way. and Don't bother going to church and learn anything, right? Because uh, there's no need. The Word of God can't override what you think. Amen? So if the Word of God says, ask and it shall be given unto you, or given to you, then, uh, then what should our expectation be if we ask? That we'll receive, right? I mean, that, that's the simple definition of faith, right? If He said it, then he'll do exactly what he, well, you know, you can't hold him to that. If you can't hold the Lord to his word, well, I mean, he, did he have to say those things? Was it an accident? Well, he didn't really mean it. You know, I remember I was talking to somebody about, you know, how Jesus, when, remember on Jesus on the cross when he said, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did he say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the Lord forsook him, right? I mean, that's not, it's kind of a Captain Obvious answer, right? But that really, for some people, that bothers their doctrine. But Jesus was not forsaken. He said he was forsaken. <clears throat> and, and in fact, they, they, I didn't bring it up. They brought up that verse, right? Well, you know, Jesus was never forsaken. Well, he said he was. Well, you know what their response was? Well, he didn't mean that. Right? He didn't mean, when he said he was forsaken, he didn't really mean that he was forsaken. Well, what does he mean? I'm not forsaken. Well, that... That doesn't make any sense. You're talking, you know, you're talking in riddles, right? Yeah. If Jesus said, why hast thou forsaken me? Then what did he mean? He was forsaken, right? Now, is he forsaken today? 
he's not forsaken today, right? He was forsaken for, for just three days, right? And that was it. And then he's back, he's back in good graces. And, uh, and so, you know, the simplest reading of the word is usually the right, uh, the, the right understanding of the word, right? Uh, people will read a Bible verse, one verse, and they read 18 pages of commentary, uh, and they'd be totally confused at the end of it. Uh, I mean, you'd be, uh, I'm sure you wouldn't be, but uh, it never ceases to amaze me how little faith commentary writers have. You know, well, well, you know, Jonah, that wasn't a real story. You know, it really didn't happen that way, you know. Uh, and I thought, really? There wasn't a great fish? No, there's no way. It couldn't have happened. You mean the God who just said boo and the whole universe came into existence can't make a fish take care of Jonah for th- a few days? I mean, that, you know, he, he said all, everything that's in existence was here by the word of God. He spoke it into existence, right? By faith, right? The worlds are in existence. Uh, so God spoke everything to existence in a, in, a, in, a, in a moment of time, but he can't make a fish uh, care for Jonah, right? Uh, and the same thing, you know, I was listening to some guys talk about evolution. They were Christians, and they were talking about how, well, you know, uh, they use all these big fancy words, you know, and uh, although I'm an engineer, you know, and I, I can use $64 words. Sometimes people use $64 words just to confuse the matter, right? Uh, and so they were talking about how, because of this, this, and this, that therefore... Uh, you know, we, we evolved from a common ancestor of apes. Now, we didn't evolve from apes, but uh, our, you know, great-great-grandmother was, was, uh, was also the great-great-grandmother of all apes. Uh, and so, you know, now, you know, she wasn't an ape, but, you know, her children became apes, but her other children became humans. That's what they're saying, right? Uh, and uh, you mean, so God couldn't just create mankind? No, because of this. It's like, well, make any sense right but anyway you know and, and so because they just they have a hard time just believing when god said uh, he created man out of the dust of the earth we didn't really mean that he created man out of the dust of the earth well, why did he say he created i mean moses was writing that moses was pretty smart if the lord had said i created him from you know twisted dna you know that emerged in a in a you know some kind of a of a, a, of a machine a gene editing machine and took a couple of genes spliced a couple of genes from this guy and from that guy and created this thing over here over a million years. I think Moses could have understood that, right? Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, what do I know, right? And so, so ask and it shall be given unto you, amen? Uh, and, and so the man asked and he got uh, not only what he, uh, well, I guess he didn't get the alms, right? You know, but I think he's okay with what he got instead, amen? Uh, and so, so that Acts chapter 3, that's the first uh, recorded uh, miracle of healing in Acts, in the book of Acts, right? Uh, not the not the first miracle because the first miracle was in Acts chapter two with with the uh, uh, with the, uh, uh, the descending of the Holy Ghost and actually I'm thinking that maybe even before that there was one more miracle because it says they were all in one accord before that right that's a miracle unto itself right everybody's in agreement <laughs> and so uh, but um, um, so uh, we got a, a few minutes let's let's go back to uh, to Genesis chapter seventeen. Um, so, and that was chapter 5 there's no questions on chapter 5 it was a very short chapter there so I didn't even have any questions on that one so you're off the hook right so uh, and there's also no questions for Genesis chapter 6 here or, or uh, chapter 17 but the book is chapter 6 here so in Genesis chapter 17 is um, the Lord uh continuing the covenant discussion with Abraham, right? So he had appeared to Abraham first back in chapter 12, and now he is again in chapter 13. And of course, uh, he'd had the promise 
already about um, uh, being the father of many nations. And, uh, but this is where he changes his name to Abraham, right? Before that, he was still Abram. But he had the promise, and so he had already gone about trying to uh, uh, fulfill the promise by having Ishmael. And that didn't work out so well, did it, right? Uh, but, uh, but the Lord continues the, uh, the promises here with Abram. Uh, and let's start here in verse 4. It says, uh, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Uh, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thou shalt be Abraham. So Abram means exalted father, but Abraham uh, means father of many nations, for a father of many nations I have made thee. Uh, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, <clears throat> and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So uh, that's, that's, the, that's the promise, right? He's going to be the father of many nations. Uh, so that's the covenant, right? That's the covenant agreement that the Lord made with Abraham. And of course, if you come on down, uh, that... Uh, the, the requirement for Abraham was verse 9. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee and thy generation. So uh, basically, it was a pretty good deal, right? Because the covenant was, I'm going to do all these things for you, Abraham. You just have to do what I say. Uh, and uh, Abraham's like, sounds good to me, right? But we're, we're 20 generations from, from Adam uh, you think the Lord had approached anybody else before this time about a covenant? I mean, we don't have any record of it, but I just imagine the Lord had, had been talking to people every generation. Right? For 20 generations, I, I needed Abraham. And for 20 generations, people have been telling the Lord no. And finally, he came up with Abraham. He, Abraham worshipped the moon, right? Uh, he was uh, from Ur of Chaldees, and they, they worshipped the moon goddess there. And, and, um, but the Lord still spoke to him, and Abraham said, yeah, sounds like a pretty good deal to me. I'll take it. Uh, and so that, that was the, the covenant, right? But at the same time, uh, th this one is called the covenant and the contradiction. That's the name of this, of this, uh, of this chapter here. Let's turn over to uh, Romans chapter 4. So you had you ever read a scripture, a promise in the word of God, and it was in contradiction to your current circumstances. Uh, and so here we are. Uh, if the Lord had come to Abraham when he was like 30, right, uh, then uh, he made that promise, then it had been like, well, sounds good to me, because was, was Abraham able to have children? He was able, I mean, he went in with Ishmael, had a child, right? And so there was no problem on, on Abraham's side. Uh, but here we are in, in uh, Romans chapter 4, and it says in verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now what? Now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So as far as we know, Sarah's womb was always dead, right? There was, she was never uh, able to have children. She was barren. Clearly, Abraham was able to have children. He had them with uh, Ishmael. Uh, but here we are at, at this point now uh, in Genesis chapter 17. The Lord comes back to Abraham again uh, and says, I'm still going to make you the father of many nations. But now, you know, he's gotten older. He's 100 years old now. And, uh, you know, now he's, be, he's past the time of conceiving, right, of being able to conceive a child. Uh, and so there's a contradiction. Lord, you, well, you promised me this, but my circumstances are in direct contradiction to what you promised that I can have. Uh, and that's the, that's the conflict that a lot of people get. Well, Lord, you promised I could live in health. 
but I'm in sickness right now. So uh, what happens many times is whatever the contradiction is takes precedence. Well, then, Lord, I can't be healed because I'm obviously sick. So, you know, clearly you don't want to heal me because you would have already healed me if you wanted to. But the majority of, of the healing cases in the Gospels were done, what did Jesus say? By your what? Faith. By your faith. Uh, be, whole, be whole or be healed, right? Different, different, uh, different stories to different things, right? But he said, by your faith, even, un, even unto your faith, so it be unto you, right? Uh, according to your faith, be it unto you. So uh, in, in many of the cases... When people came to Jesus, that was a declaration of their faith, right? Remember the man that was born by four? He saw their faith. Well, how did he see their faith? When they came to him, right? So they came to him, and he could perceive and see their faith. So, so there, uh, the, the faith is there, right? Uh, but there was a contradiction there. So Abraham was believing God, but his circumstances were in direct contradiction to the promise. Uh, and so where you have to be careful of in your life is anytime that your circumstances are in contradiction to the word of God, don't elevate your circumstances above the word of God and say, well, because I'm in this situation, God can never do this, right? Uh, God can never heal me or God can never bless me or God can never take me out of the situation. Uh, there's always going to be a, a contradiction uh, with that. You know, now, if the Lord had promised Abraham when he was 25, he did promise him. The first promise he made to him was when he was able to bear children, although Sarah wasn't. Now, you know, for Sarah, uh, for Abraham, he, uh, he believed God, and it was accounted for righteousness. He believed God immediately. But Sarah took her a while, right? It took her a while to, to, to warm up to the promises of God. It took her a while to, uh, to, um, to believe God, right? Remember, she laughed. The Lord said, hey, this time next year, you're going to have a child, and she laughed. But it wasn't a laughter like, you know, man, that's great. It was laughter like, yeah, right. That was the kind of laughter, right? And Abraham said, why did you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. You ever done that? Laugh at the, the promise of God? And the Lord said, why are you laughing? Well, no, I wouldn't. No, it wasn't me. That guy over there, right? You know, we, get un- we get nervous, right? We start getting called out by the Lord by not believing him. Uh, and, and we start pointing fingers, right? And, and just like Sarah, it wasn't me. But uh, we turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. You know, Sarah uh, got promoted. She got uh, moved up into the... Uh, um, into chapter 11, right? In, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Well, she didn't have that at the beginning, right? She was laughing and not believing it. Uh, and, it's, and it goes on to say, and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now see, for Sarah, it was a, it was a journey of faith, right? It took her a while, it took her decades, right? I mean, uh, it was about 25 years or so from the time the promise was first given to the time she was able to conceive. So it took her a long time to get into faith. Abraham, he was in faith day one, right? And that's, you know, sometimes just the way it is, right? Some people just easy to believe God. Some people, they're a little slow uh, in believing God, but she got it, didn't she, right? Because so how did she get it? Because she judged him faithful who had promised, right? So she knew the promise, but she wasn't sure that he was faithful yet. So she had to watch over a period of time. Because uh, remember, the Lord promised Abraham that he would be blessed. So not just with children, but other things, right? Blessed coming in, you know, everywhere that your feet shall tread upon shall be yours, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of blessings with Abraham. So she saw over a long period of time that, you know, everything Lord, Lord she promised Abraham has come to pass, except for this one thing. 
and I'm the and that one thing was children, and for that one thing to happen, she had to be involved in it. All the other blessings that the Lord promised Abraham, he could do on his own. But children, you know, uh, you know, not to go back into our high school biology, it takes two people, right? And so she had to be involved in that faith in order to, for uh, the conception to happen. Uh, and over a long period of time, she watched. You know, Lord, you, you said you'd bless him there, and he's got all this silver and gold and cattle and, you know, all these things. And he, you know, went and attacked those kings, you know, uh, won that battle there by your provision. Uh, and uh, Lord, you've watched him over all these years. So what did she do? She judged him uh, as, uh, as faithful who had promised, right? You promised this, and I've seen all of these things come to pass. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we're a little slow, right? We've got to see the Lord operate in someone else's life according to the promises before we, we feel confident to receive that in our lives. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, get it however you get it, right? Uh, she eventually got it, didn't she? Uh, is your name written in Hebrews 11? No. So, I mean, you know, she did all right by herself, didn't she? Right? There's other great people that never made it in, into Hebrews chapter 11. So Sarah did. Uh, and so, uh, so there, there, will be, um, there will be times when your circumstances are in direct contradiction to the promise. And Abraham's uh, uh, circumstances were in direct contradiction to the covenant promise, right? Uh, and, but it says, and being not weak in faith, back to Romans 4.19, he considered not his own body now dead. So uh, what faith has to do, because he says he was not weak in faith, so what faith has to do is say, well, I, I acknowledge that these, these circumstances are here, but when I consider whether or not they have any impact on the Lord doing what he said, they have no consideration. Right. I don't give any consideration at all. Yeah, but, you know, uh, your body's now dead. That's, not, that's got any, nothing to do with the promise. promise said, the promise is, the promise is, right? Uh, in fact, the way she said it, she said, uh, what God's word is, is. So whatever it is, whatever it says, that's it. And so it doesn't matter if the promise is in contradiction to your circumstances. In fact, that's the best time to use a promise, right? Mm-hmm. If he said that you'll, that you'll be blessed and you're already blessed, then there's no contradiction, right? Then, then you don't really need much faith if you're already blessed, amen? You probably need faith to keep it. But, uh, uh, and so, um, so it took, it, took, uh, it took our friend Sarah a while to, to do that. But for Abraham, when he was when he was confronted with the, the conflict between his circumstances and the promise, there was no consideration. And that's real faith, right? He said not being weak in faith. When you, when you start considering that, that your circumstances might delay the Lord or might hinder the Lord's ability to, to, uh, for you receiving the promise, see, now your faith is weakened. See, strong faith, according to what the Word says there in Romans 4.19, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. My body's got nothing to do, no impact on me being able to receive the promises of God. And your sickness uh, doesn't have anything to do with the, your ability to receive the promises of God. Your past doesn't have any impact on you having the ability to receive the promises of God. Amen? Remember, what, what did Jesus do with the man born by four? What's the first thing he said to him? Son, thy what? Thy sins are forgiven, right? So... Was the man's past an issue? Apparently it was of some kind. But was it a hindrance to the Lord Jesus? Was it a hindrance to him? Now, it was a hindrance in the sense that it had to be resolved and dealt with prior to him receiving healing. 
but to the Lord's, from the Lord's perspective, it's just, it's just a check mark, right? You've got to do these three things to get healed. Repent, you know, stand on one foot, whatever it is. Okay, check, 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 check. Now you receive your healing, right? It, it was just a, it wasn't a hindrance or a, uh, um, uh, an impediment to him receiving healing. It just had to be done, amen? Uh, and so there are, no, there are no obstacles in your life uh, in receiving healing. There may be steps that you have to do. Right? Remember the, with, with, the, uh, with the 10 lepers, what did the Lord Jesus say to do? Go and show yourself what? To who? To the priest, right? Well, I, if you can't heal me directly, that's not even worth the trouble, you know. You think anybody had that kind of attitude? You know, maybe, but they didn't. They wouldn't show themselves to the priest, right? So there were steps to take to, in order to receive the healing. And they took those steps. And how many of them received healing? All of them, right? Now, one of them came back and worshiped the Lord, right? Got a, got a bonus, uh, but the, all the other ones still got it, amen? So, uh, so there may be times when you have a covenant promise and your circumstances are in direct contradiction to that promise, but uh, our, our, uh, the pattern that we should follow, the example that we should follow is uh, Abraham's, uh, which is, and being not weak in faith. And I just, I just like that uh, I like that phrase, right? Being not weak in faith. Uh, he considered not his own body. So that helps you, right? So if you're elevating your circumstances uh, and meditating on your circumstances about why you can't receive, then you're not strong in faith, amen? When your circumstances have a voice, have a vote to whether or not you'll receive the promise of God, then you're not strong in faith. Mm-hmm. When you get to where you remove all voting privileges of your circumstances mm-hmm. from whether or not God will be faithful, then see, then your faith will have increased. Amen? So don't give any of your circumstances voting rights. Amen? Well, Lord, I know you said this, but, you know, my, my, uh, my, my arthritis says that. Well, you said this, Lord, but my DNA says that. Well, you said this, Lord, but the doctor said that. So that voice right there has a vote that says that you're not going to do what you said you're going to do. And that's what happens a lot of times, right, is we, we take a vote. Who, who doesn't believe God? Well, you know, my... my Arthritis in my left knee does. Arthritis in my right elbow does. You know, the doctor's report says, you know, is a vote. Uh, My DNA is a vote. And so five against one, Lord, you're not going to heal me. Mm. And the Lord said, there's never a vote. I already healed you, right? Mm. Uh, And so don't be weak in faith. Don't consider that, right? Uh, When when the arthritis raises his hand, I want to have a vote. Uh, The floor doesn't recognize arthritis. Sorry, I don't don't consider it. (laughs) And that's what you're supposed to do, right? He said, consider not. You know, on occasion, people raise their hand in church, you know, you've got to not consider them, right? You know, it's like, sorry, I can't consider that voice right now, right? Because you want to ask about Abraham's belly button or dinosaurs or whatever, you know? Uh, and so, so that's what, uh, don't, give, don't give any voting privileges to any circumstances that are in contradiction to the promise, amen? That's what strong in faith is, right? Uh, and so, so you don't have to reconcile your symptoms with God's word uh, at all. You don't have to say, well, you said I could be healed, but I'm not. I feel bad. You don't, you don't have to reconcile. You don't have to figure out why that is. You have to just go back and say, well, what's the promise? The promise is you're healed. Amen. Uh, and that's it. That's the last voice that you need to hear. That's the last vote that you need to hear is what's the word of God say. And then once that, then, then consider not anything else. Right. You don't have to consider doctor's reports, uh, medical history, genetic history, you know, your past experiences or life or shortcomings, those are not considerations, right? Um, and did he consider his failing with, uh, 
uh, with Ishmael as being a hindrance to him receiving Isaac. Well, I messed up, Lord. I guess, you know, I guess I can't receive Isaac now because I messed up with Ishmael. Did he hinder himself? He sinned, right? That was a sin, adultery. Now, you know, Sarah was all for it until she wasn't for it, right? Don't you love that? Yeah, go, yeah. Abraham, you know, go sleep with, with, uh, with Hagar. And Abraham, Abraham's like, well, honey, for you, uh, I'll, I'll go sleep with the young maid, right? For you, not for me, it's for you, right? Uh, and then he does, and she's like, I can't believe you did that. You know, it's the worst. Isn't it the worst, right? Yeah. It's the worst, right? Uh, and so, uh, but uh, they got, they, they worked through it though, didn't they? Right? Amen. And it wasn't a hindrance. Uh, I mean, it, it did slow some things down, but Abraham never sidelined himself from receiving the promise because of his past. Amen. So you shouldn't either. Amen. Amen. You ever done anything wrong? Yep. Just move on like Abraham did, right? He moved on, didn't he? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that uh, we can be strong in faith like Abraham and not consider uh, our natural circumstances as being more powerful and having a greater vote uh, and a greater realization than your word. If your word is spoken it and given us a promise, Father, then, then that's uh, the end of all discussion. Uh, and so, Father, your word has declared that by your stripes we're healed. Your word has declared that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. You have declared, Father, that, uh, by, that you sent your word and healed us. Father, you've declared so many times that, uh, that you desire to heal us and showed it by demonstration uh, and observation in the Gospels, Father, and in the book of Acts. And so, Father, that's the last word that needs to be spoken. And we choose to believe your word, Father. We choose to believe that we are the healed of God because you paid a great price in receiving stripes on your back, Father, uh, for our healing. So we choose to be strong in faith like Abraham. And nothing else deserves consideration, Father. Only your word. And so, Father, we give you the praise and the honor for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He's good all the time. Amen. You reckon, you reckon any of your circumstances will ever be in contradiction to the promise of God? Probably many, many times, right? That's when you need the promise of God to begin with, right? When they're in contradiction. Uh, with your natural circumstances. So, all right, well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, it's getting close to the end of January, right? What's today's date? Uh, the 23rd. So next, uh, next Sunday will be the 30th, almost February, right? So, um, but yeah, it's eight years. Uh, uh, we started this, starting our eighth year. So we started in 2015, right? Uh, Jan first Sunday of January in 2015, right? Uh, and so... Um, uh, I don't see any in sight, amen? Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and it's interesting because this particular topic, Brother Hagen's actually got a message. He called it a covenant and a contradiction, and he got it. He based it upon uh, this chapter from, uh, from um, uh, Lillian B. Yeoman's book here. And I always thought it was an interesting title, and I didn't understand. Of course, if you, if you listen to the message, you understand it there, but, uh, but this is where he got it from. He was inspired by her message here, a short little chapter in a book there. And he kind of expounded on it, and, and um, it was a good message there. So, so, so uh, but that finishes up chapter six. No questions of chapter six, right? So you guys are getting out easy. Oh, yeah. uh, so <laughs> this is like social promotion. We're just not even going to give you a grade. Just go ahead and, and graduate, right? Thank you. Uh, no problem there, right? So everybody's an A. Everybody gets an A, right? Uh, Y'all want an A? A? A's for everybody, right? So, all right, we'll be blessed. Uh, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday.